What is crack-a-lackin' fellow thermonuclear AFers? I am Dan Valley coming at you with a solo episode on some NBA buyout candidates. Before we get started, the usual reminder to subscribe to us if you have not done so already. If you're new on YouTube, hit that sub button, like, and comment as well to help the algorithm love us back. Subscribe to us on podcast players as well. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, we are there. Join our Discord too. The link to that is in the podcast and YouTube description. You can follow us on all the socials. They're on the screen or in the podcast and YouTube description as well. At Hardwood Knox on Twitter and TikTok. At Hardwood underscore Knox on Instagram. TikTok's been growing. I would like to get to 1K followers on TikTok or Instagram. And Instagram doesn't grow. So if you have a TikTok, go follow at Hardwood Knox. I do post clips there. Some of them are uh, you know, unique to only the TikTok and IG and YouTube shorts feeds as well. Uh, finally, if you've done all those things, just consider word of mouth recommendations. We we really appreciate those. You can retweet us on Twitter, shout us out on Twitter. But again, recommendations, getting other people to download or join this community, random people on the street, coworkers, friends, acquaintances, even enemies, family members, whatever. It, we all we appreciate all of it. With all that out of the way, so there's a lot to unpack, and I'm still sort of trying to digest the new world order post NBA trade deadline. So I thought it'd be fun to go through some buyout candidates before we get into a few mailbags this week and maybe uh, some other stuff too. Uh, that just feels like the best route to go because I'm still look after covering the trade deadline, the way that we did here and at bleach report as well. Uh, I, I feel like I still need to get my bearings about me. Not that I need to like relearn the entire league. It didn't change that much, but basketball almost took a backseat for like last week. Like I'm just, just flat out. Like I watched as much as I could, but I just feel like I have a terrible feel for the league now, especially with all these injuries popping up. And so I don't necessarily want to get into the, the nitty gritty outside of mailbag questions, which will direct me into doing specific research. Um, so yeah, with that said, I'm just going to throw up the athletic had a piece from John Hollinger where he went through, I think it was like 35 candidates, some of which have already been bought out by the way, the wing, the wing buyout market is not looking too hot right now uh, just because Danny Green has already signed. Terrence Ross already signed. Uh, he is headed to Terrence Ross is headed to Phoenix and uh, uh, Danny Green ended up in Cleveland. And I think that's the biggest one is someone who can make an impact. Dwayne Deadman's going to Philly. That's not like too big of a deal. So, but let's there's still some of these names and I'll go through some of my own names here. So yes, let's, let's, let's journey through this together. So number one is Russell Westbrook uh, still with the Utah jazz. As I record this, He's a real tough fit, and the Jazz have said they haven't ruled out him reporting. I think that's probably more of like a negotiation ploy than than anything with, with Russ's people. The Clippers and Bulls have both been mentioned. I'm not a fan, really, of either of them. I guess I could see some merit to the Clippers just because they really don't have, after trading Reggie Jackson and John Wall, that traditional four organizer. But, like, Terrence Mann is better than Russ at this point. Uh, I'd rather give those minutes to Bones Highland, and then you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard that could run stuff. Diddle for... Nick Batum as well. And you could probably even get a little bit of half court creation out of Eric Gordon. So I don't love it, but I could see just them having enough spacing and smaller lineups to where Russ could work there. I don't get it for the bulls at all, unless they just want to drum up their chaos factor. The team I thought of, I would like to see him in Brooklyn. I know they clearly didn't want him because uh, they didn't want like his contract as part of a potential Kyrie trade, but like they have enough in the non Ben Simmons lineups. You could surround him with enough shooting to where maybe it works. Perhaps it doesn't. If you need to have Nick Claxton on the floor in those minutes, but they just have so many wings who in theory can shoot or guards who can shoot that maybe that maybe it could pan out. And he's also just like, they don't have their own offensive organizer because that's not even Ben Simmons anymore. He could push it or get the ball at the court and transition, but he's not going to settle down and run things in the half court. Spencer Dinwiddie is their best option there, followed by Patty Mills and then Mikael Bridges. So 
I could see it working and they're going to be trying to make the playoffs uh, because they don't control their, their own first round pick this year. I don't think it's something they would consider, but just because they already have sort of this log jam as it is, but that's like, I'm just looking at fits here. And so like, regardless of, of roster spots, um, although I did take those into consideration when going through these Reggie Jackson, he already signed with Denver. I actually think that was a pretty good fit. John Wall's another tough one. Uh, Houston Rockets legend, John Wall at this point, he's a tough fit around a lot of the league. I think some people have mentioned Miami. I don't really like that for him. I kind of like Toronto where it's like, they need someone who in the half court can get going downhill without taking a while to get there. Where it's like, you see a lot of East West stuff from Pascal Siakam or hesitation with him and Scotty Barnes, just operating at a more methodical pace. John Wall can still get downhill. So I wouldn't mind him there. Does he provide enough shooting? Do they have enough shooting to make that work? He's shown in the past he can hit some off-ball threes, but that's just not been the case um, really this year. Uh, so I do wonder about that. Uh, but they do play these five-out lineups in general. Like the shooting percentages aren't always pretty, but the Raptors do play a lot of five-out lineups. So I I think that would be my most intrigue. It'd be John Wall to Toronto. Patrick Beverly, uh, I believe he already completed his buyout with Orlando, has not found a destination as of this recording. I don't know what would be the best spot for him. I think he could reunite with the Timberwolves, maybe the Clippers. Uh, I also could see, like, is there a pathway to him being in Dallas who just can't defend anything right now? Their their biggest issue is probably rim protection. And are you going to put Beverly on the court with both Luca and Kyrie? I mean, Luca's definitely big enough for you to consider it. Uh, but you have Josh Green there. Just and Reggie Bullock, so maybe you don't need him. But I did think about Dallas. Maybe that could be an interesting landing spot for him. I wouldn't hate him in Atlanta either if you're looking to upgrade some of just like the the backup ball handler minutes. But they do have Bogdan Madanovich there. He's certainly an upgrade over um, an Aaron Holiday or a Vic Krejci. They have Garrison Matthews there as well. Uh, again, not up like I'm not naming point guards here. It's really the Aaron Holiday would be where the upgrade comes from. So I could kind of see the theory of that. Uh, I don't really have any other teams that I would love for him though. If I had to pick, like just go back to Minnesota at this point uh, between um, some of the injuries and the way that they've been banged up, they have Anthony Edwards and Kyle Anderson to sort of steer the offense. It's not going to be Jordan McLaughlin or Jalen Noel to do it. And they have Mike Conley as well. So maybe you don't need a Patrick Beverly there, but that feels just like they seem to like him there last season. So why not just go that route? Um, I don't really have like another, I thought I did, they're just too crowded and I'd rather see minutes go to uh, Kyra Lewis, but I thought about new Orleans for a minute just because like, I don't know, but like they have Jose Alvarado there and they have CJ McCollum. They have all these wing minutes and that's going to get tough. I think I'm just looking at like Garrett Temple. Like, Oh, like the, you could figure out a way to get rid of him really quickly and open up a roster spot for Patrick Beverly. So that might be why I'm sort of gravitating here, uh, but I don't like the more I thought about it, the more or the less I didn't love it. I will say if he didn't have beef with Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, Phoenix could probably make a good amount of sense for him. Uh, I do think he's become a little overrated defensively at this point, but he's still like a body that you could throw at maybe Portland. If they want a backup point guard, who's not Anthony Simons, like those minutes could be um, tough. And then we know that like, excuse me, we know the the defensive limitations of a Simons Lillard backcourt to begin with. Um, they do have Tybal and Reddish there now, but like they still don't have that true and they never do behind Damian Lillard. I don't know. Is that part of his contract that you can't have like a legitimate backup point guard there? I don't, I don't know. Uh, Dario Saric. So this is one. I don't think the Oklahoma City Thunder should buy him out because I think he's a fantastic fit there. And he's been like quietly really good over the past couple months or month plus or whatever. He's shown some of that like 
blend of physical force and finesse when he puts the ball on the floor. I love the idea of him just kind of playing like the four, the small ball five role for OKC. But if they did buy him out, my two favorite destinations right off the bat would be Golden State. I think from a fit perspective and playing for a team where that could go deeper into the playoffs at their top end, I like him and Golden State better. But from a, if we want to see the most of Dario Sharks on the court, I think Miami might just have more minutes to offer him. You could play him next to Bam. You could play him as your small ball five. Uh, so there would just be like more like optionality there. I mean, you could play him as a small ball five in Golden State as well, but they have Draymond Green and Kavon Looney. Um, and so would Dario Shards be part of their closing lineups? Now, I think you could say the same. Or is he going to be part of Miami's closing units? Not say, I think he would have a better chance, let's say, of playing more high stakes moments in. Um, in uh in miami and so those are my two favorite destinations for him he could fit a bunch of different places though if you're getting like uh super technical like i've i've been funny like a philly reunion just to bring him in for the backup five behind um like joel and b to take minutes from montrez harrell but they apparently wanted more of a truer big and that was tougher you have tucker and jalen mcdaniel so that's like that's not the best one sacramento would be wild but like we need like someone in Sacramento who's going to uh, just provide you with more of a, of a defensive punch. So um, Dario shards, if he gets bought out, which I, I don't the thunder did get a second round pick in that deal. So it's not like they did that deal for charge, but I, I think that he's a good fit there. So I don't really know uh, if, if he's going to get bought out. My guess would probably be no, but I don't really have a good feel for what Oklahoma city might necessarily want to do. Danny green, he already signed with Cleveland. I think that that's an excellent fit. Uh, Kelly Oubre, just because of his injury, I wonder if he would get bought out. I think Charlotte, like he's was a good enough player before his injury where you don't want to give him away for nothing. It seems like you could have gotten at least a second for him, sort of like you did with Mason Plumley at the deadline. Um, he would be, oh, I won't, I won't say great. He would be super interesting in Sacramento. I can maybe see even him in Miami. Maybe they want someone who's going to provide a little bit more spacing. I would love him in Sacramento. It would be my favorite destination for, for Kelly Oubre, though. Um, and like any other teams here, I mean, there are definitely teams that could use him. I think Milwaukee would still be interesting. Even after signing Jay Crowder, I could even see like maybe even Minnesota could be semi intriguing, although the, their wing minutes could get pretty stacked. Um, <laughs> imagine if he just went to the Lakers, there's not enough like regular playing time for him there. If we were, you really care about playing time, like Kelly Bridge Jr. in Indiana, he would just, he would never go there, but like that would be uh, a, like a super interesting landing spot for him. Could you see him go to Dallas? Mm, like, I think he might be, you know, if you're ever going to find yourself dipping into the well of a Marquise Morris minutes, like he could definitely be an upgrade over those, but I don't know that I love the fit there, uh, but that might be like maybe Atlanta. If they're like, okay, well we have Sadiq Bay now and we're going to create a roster spot uh, to have that as insurance, but I don't necessarily love that either. Boston feels like it might be in the market for a wing because it was tied to, to Danny green. I think that they probably want someone who's just more of a proven shooter, but you could, I mean, if it's a matter of like getting rid of Blake Griffin, um, I would prefer of having, uh, I prefer of having uh Kelly Oubre on the, on the roster. And I don't know if does Boston have an open roster spot is something that I should have checked before I did that. Um, my roster spot docs are like all sort of messed up, but regardless, like if you could, if you could fit him, um, I think he would be, uh, a really good fit for the roster. And I guess they do have a roster spot open for five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. No, they're 15. Excuse me. So yeah, uh, that would just be Kings are my favorite destination for uh, Kelly, Kelly Bridger. Your Seth Curry was on Hollinger's list. I just can't see them. That's just way more like Debbie out there. I know he's going to be a free agent. You have Joe Harris. Um, you have Patty Mills, both of whom have underperformed their current contracts. Seth Curry when healthy has been the best 
of that bunch. Um, but you do just have a, a crap ton of minutes to divvy up around the perimeter, right? You almost have too many good players like Spencer Dinwiddie's there. Now the emergence of Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges is there, Ben Simmons, Royce O'Neal. So I guess I could see it. Um, and if like, if he's on the market though, like I, I don't like Atlanta should definitely be in on that, even though they got Garrison Matthews, uh, Boston, should, nah, he's probably too small for that. So not Boston. Uh, I like no D- Dallas that doesn't need a reunion in Dallas golden state. No, definitely not. They have GP two there and he's just too small and they, they need more defense than, than anything. Uh, like like Miami, do they need someone who's, they could fit him in the rotation. Miami wouldn't be a terrible one. Milwaukee would be super interesting, but I feel like he could get a larger role elsewhere. Maybe a reunion, um, like maybe going to Portland, but like, he's not your typical backup point guard. And so I don't know that they would, you know, view him as a, a value add there. Certainly put him in Phoenix would be wild, but like they have Shamit and they signed Terrence Ross. They have Damian Lee and campaign. Is he, I think, look, he's better than Shamit and Terrence Ross in my book offensively, but Shamit's probably better defensively at this point. Um, so you could like, do we go with, I guess Portland, like be the one like Toronto could use a shooter, but just like, he's so, he's so tiny that maybe it, it really doesn't matter. I guess maybe there wouldn't be a there would be a market for Seth Curry. I just don't expect him to get bought out. I already wasted too much time on him. Kevin Love is another one. Uh, he's like I racking up the DMPs at the same time. He doesn't seem like he's super unhappy, and he's finally on like a really good Cavaliers team. I don't know that they would just buy him out. Maybe if he asked for one, they would facilitate that. Um, you could try him for the Warriors would make a lot of sense. So it would have to be like him going to join a contender, and like the Boston Celtics were already kind of taken out of of that equation. Um, maybe would Portland, like that's always been like, I think Kevin Love in Portland, do they want to use him as the backup five? It's not going to do anything for, for their defense. Would Miami consider giving him some minutes as the backup five or, or at the four there, which I don't, I don't know that I would recommend it. So maybe, maybe them. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I don't see enough clear fits to where he would just, um, yes, yeah, someone would pick him up, but I don't know that he could go play a much bigger role on a, on a much better better team Corey joseph in detroit uh i don't like maybe he could be bought out i just don't know what team is gonna be like hey let me pounce on Corey joseph once he hits the market he could still be a gnat on defense and so if you're looking for that uh could phoenix take a flyer on him um is he gonna be like is there any reality where he takes minutes away from a healthy campaign in that scenario you don't necessarily need him to be consistent on offense when you have so much firepower there already so that could be a, a destination portland after trading GP two, like just using a smaller guy who could get into you, perhaps they would look at that. Um, Dallas, eh, like I guess, like they could still use that sort of archetype uh, player. So yeah, there could be teams that use him. I just don't know that he would be like maybe the Clippers certainly in that scenario. Maybe even maybe even Minnesota. I just I don't know what the appetite is for Minnesota um, to go after a backup point guard now because they have Anthony Edwards and Kyle Anderson and Mike Conley. So I don't know if it's the same thing as having D'Angelo Russell and the other two, but like Mike Conley's more of the floor organizer than D'Angelo Russell ever would be. Uh, Goran Dragic is interesting because the bulls have been linked to Russ. So if you sign rush Dragic is probably the the guy who would, you would just get rid of in that scenario. Uh, would he consider a reunion in, in Miami him in Portland could be interesting as sort of there. Um, like a true backup point guard. Um, other than that, like, would he consider going to the Clippers? Do they even want him? Like the Clippers, I know are going to be this popular destination for a backup point guard. And when you look at their depth chart, like, yeah, they don't have that actual floor general there, 
but they just have so many good players, and including Eric Gordon and Terrence Mann plus Kawhi and Paul George. Are you really going to go? You know, what type of minutes could you guarantee Dragic in that scenario? So, the, like, how much is he actually going to play? How about the Bucks for a minute for some half court juice, um, which they don't get in Jay Crowder? But like the Javon Carter minutes for them have gone quite well, and I don't know, like, like, are you going to play Dragic over him on? on most nights. So Minnesota or Portland might be sort of my favorite. I did think about new Orleans here for a second. Again, I just, I'm not in love with the idea of new Orleans hitting anybody at this point. The roster crunches is real. It's like that would get a little awkward for them. And also they just have so many options that you, you kind of want to simplify uh, their rotation, not complicate it. Uh, so I, I think I would settle on Portland as my favorite for him. And M- Miami could make like some semblance of sense. And I wouldn't mind a, a Minnesota there. Next up, we have Thaddeus Young. I just don't think he gets bought out, even though he has only one million guaranteed next season. For teams that are looking for maybe a, a small ball five, like he's definitely someone that could help. Uh, I wouldn't. I'm naming Portland a lot for these guys. I wouldn't hate him in Portland. Just downsize and try and go like the team defense route in those minutes. Um, but that's like that could even be a fee. Like there's no team that's like, oh, they're a, they're a Thaddeus Young away, or they need Thaddeus Young in there. Uh, in their rotation. He does create some offensive challenges for certain teams. Miami could be somewhat interesting, although I wouldn't want to see him play too many minutes alongside Bam at a bio. Uh, could you talk yourself into that being an answer in Golden State? Uh, I guess, but it's like you're using him. I think you have to view him as like the five in that scenario where he's just going to come in and spell Looney and like maybe take Jermichael Green's minutes. And I don't know if that compromises your offense at all. You probably gain a little bit, you gain IQ just from his playmaking. I don't think Daddy is young was really going to help Dallas's like rim protection all that much. Although the Mavs could certainly take a look at him, but yeah, those would be some, those would be some interesting teams uh, for him for sure. I just don't think he gets bought out and I don't really know what the hell Toronto's doing. Kendrick Nunn. I'm not really sure what team he helps. Uh, so maybe he does get bought out, but like it would be the same teams that we're naming for Russ or, or John Wall, and I just don't know what is what as many of those teams be willing to just roll the dice on him because he doesn't have the name recognition or the resume that a um, th- that a John Wall or Russell Westbrook does, and so I can't see him hitting the market and being any teams like if he was a bio candidate right now, and you're still waiting to see what happens with Russ and John Wall and their decisions. I don't think that I would pick Kendrick Nunn over over either of them. DeAndre Jordan, that's just, I don't know who's going to sign DeAndre Jordan. I, my guess would be he doesn't get bought out, even though Thomas Bryant is there. He does seem to be a good locker room presence. Derek Rose is interesting. Uh, he has, on the record, is saying he's not going to request the buyout, and T- Tibbs was happy that he stayed past the deadline, but he's racking up DMPs now. Josh Hart comes over, Deuce McBride gets bounced from the rotation, so the pathway to minutes for Rose would be really tough. I think maybe him in, like, like the Clippers, that could be clearly someone who is okay when he's not like playing a ton of minutes. But wh- the situation he's leaving in New York, they are a good team. They're not a great team. Um, so you would only want to leave if an opportunity presents itself to play a bunch of minutes or a bunch more minutes. Where are you going to get those minutes? Like I said, the Clippers, I don't I don't know how many minutes they would guarantee you or could guarantee you. Um, like does and he's not going to go back to Minnesota. That's just certainly not happen. Could Toronto like be that? But the fact that he's not playing in New York, what does that say about how much he has has left there? So I just I don't think he'll he'll get a buyout. Like it would take that maybe Portland 
as a backup could be interesting. That's just so offense first in that scenario. But I just don't know. There would be, I'm sure there would be teams willing to roll a dice on him, but I, I can't imagine that he'll have um, a ton of suitors or at least a role waiting for him that is far more substantive than the one he's carrying now. Will Barton of the Wizards who wanted a trade, didn't get a trade, like in theory, and that's he's just not been good this season, has been playing a ton lately. Uh, he is someone who could help a lot of teams because he's a little bit bigger at 6'5", and he can give you some secondary shot creation making in theory, just hasn't been that player this year. Uh, I really like him in Milwaukee. That would be a fun one, and I think someone who helps them legitimately there. You can maybe try him in Phoenix, but not not post-Terrence Raw, so I would, I would veto that uh, most likely. I don't really see a better fit for him other than Milwaukee. If you wanted to go with Miami, just because maybe they could steal some minutes, just when you have Jimmy Butler, um, like you could steal some minutes where he's like the day fat, he's still the two, or maybe he's technically the three, but you're not like between Caleb Martin and Jimmy Butler, you're not giving up a ton defensively. Memphis would have been good pre Luke Kennard, but post Luke Kennard, I don't think they make a ton of sense there. Uh, Golden State does not need a Will Barton. Dallas does not need a, a Will Barton. Cleveland already has Danny Green, so they're not, and like they don't need to make any other moves there. So yeah, that gets tough for him. I think it would be, I'm not going to say it's Milwaukee or Boston. Milwaukee would be most interesting. Maybe Boston, if you think that he's going to give you some upgrades over the the Sam Hauser minutes or non-minutes or, or roller coasters that you've been dealing with the past couple months. Terrence Ross, he's already in Phoenix after flirting with Dallas. Nerlens Noel in Detroit. I mean, he needs to he needs to get bought out already. They have a trillion bigs. I need to listen to the Detroit Bad Boys podcast, by the way. I, uh, rumor has it on Twitter that uh, Lash Jackson was fantastic on that on uh, this past episode. So I need to I really need to listen to that. But F, post James Wiseman trade is what I'm talking about. So I would think Portland is a good one for him. I would have said, what about a reunion in Philly until they had signed um, Dwayne Dedman? Um, I like the idea, though, of Nerlens Noel in Portland for sure. If the Bulls kind of fancy themselves, like, oh, we don't want like the we don't want Drummond, um, could Noel be of use there? There's not. I mean, he probably could help Dallas, but I, there's. I'm assuming there's just such bad blood there, even though the front office has been turned over since then. Um, Mark Cuban is, of course, still there. That I maybe can't imagine uh, that he would go back. I also don't think like. This is why, I mean, I like Thomas Bryant, but like if you're Denver, you probably could have used Nerlens Noel on the buyout market rather than giving up three seconds for, you basically turn Bones Highland in one second into Thomas Bryant, which is still, eh. Could the Warriors, their need for a big is just so overrated, but like if you don't trust Jermichael Green, who's played better lately, by Kavon Looney, yeah, you could have Nerlens Noel come in and that could be something that's uh, interesting. I probably would have preferred, would I, if you're the Clippers, you prefer Nerns Noel over Mason Plumlee. I mean, Plumlee's the far better offensive player, so I, I'm probably getting ahead of myself there. Um, do the Heat look at him if they're really like hard up for true backup five minutes? That, that's like a potential fit there. Um, other than that, I don't think there's any good fits. Again, Philly would have been fun. I think Portland would be my favorite fit for for Nerlens Noel, though. Next up, I feel like we're getting the nitty gritty here. Justin Holiday, he is already signed with Dallas. That's who I missed before for anyone at the top of the podcast who couldn't hear me starting. Dwayne Dedman, he signed with Philly. Serge Ibaka, just sitting on that open market. Probably another Portland guy. I'm just curious, you know, with all the back issues Ibaka has dealt with and the fact that he wasn't playing in Milwaukee, uh, who in theory could have used his skill set. I'm just wondering, like, okay, which team is going to want to give Serge Ibaka a chance? Uh, would 
the Wizards maybe consider him just because they've been playing KP and Daniel Gafford together. They have Taj Gibson already, plus Anthony Gill minutes are probably just more intriguing. So uh, not him. Uh, that's just like, I don't even have a destination for Serge about. Maybe Sacramento. Do you want to take a fly? Nerzo on Sacramento, by the way, could be fun. I wouldn't mind him there. Um, like, sir, like, do you want to? You have Trey Lyles, you have Matu, you have Rashawn Holmes, and Al Lynn is still there. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think that that would be. Eh. It, Phoenix is a is a no for me. Um, so I just don't even know what team would want to take a flyer on Serge Ibaka right now. Uh, so yeah, those everything that I came up with there is basically it. I mean, ter- like now we're getting the nitty gritty. Terry Taylor, um, he was already waived. If you could like, there are I think rebuilding teams should just take a shot at him. All of them at this point. Um, he's just kind of like he's he's all over the place when you look at him defensively and even offensively all over the positional spectrum and so like if you're a team that doesn't really have this immediate timeline and it could afford, i mean, I guess i guess some teams might just might actually have an immediate timeline and just decide yeah well why don't we roll the dice on this just like sort of this multi-position guy could my like miami would be like the type of team that might be able to try that failing that though like you know i would like to see just like a team that's not thrown in the towel already, but like, let's just like Houston taking a chance and someone who might give it to him about defense more. Detroit could be kind of fun. I just don't know how they fit, you know, his minutes into the, uh, into the rotation there. So like, uh, any other, the rebuilding teams I'll like Terry Taylor for, uh, eh, Orlando, not really. OKC just doesn't have the roster spot. Everyone would just be fun in, in OKC though. Could you maybe Sacramento? Like, could that be a little bit interesting? Uh, maybe even Portland. We're just gonna name Portland for all these guys. Apparently, how's that for there for that? Like the, the San Antonio just taking a flyer. Maybe even Utah. So just like yeah, those would be, um, like just a lot of teams. I think could stand to take a flyer. Kevin Knox at Portland. Not gonna go through that. Boban already resigned with Houston. Uh, Bryn Forbes. Mm, like if you just need shooting, I mean, sure. Uh, Goga. He already signed with uh, Orlando. James Johnson already signed with. Uh, resigned with Indiana. Juan Toscano Anderson, I actually think could probably work in Utah, but like if you play, maybe the Warriors could use him if he gets bought out. Like that's someone that they could maybe add for the bigger wings. Um, Bryn Forbes though, just if you want pure shooting, hmm, I don't, I don't really know what's like the spot for that. Like Toronto, like do they have the infrastructure to insulate him? Uh, maybe. Um, I, I don't like, eh, I don't, I don't love it though. I don't, I don't see a fit for Bryn Forbes. I don't know if I was a team, I'd go out on a limb to, to sign him. Like what does Milwaukee want to test out a reunion with him? Uh, like, I don't know about that. Did I say Miami for him already? That could be a potential possibility. I don't LA. No, like not after getting Eric Gordon and having Bones Highland and Terrence man there. That's just a, that's just a, that's a no for me. So yeah, that gets super iffy for Sorry, Bryn Forbes. I can't come up with a good, uh, a good fit for you. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't even have one. I'm so like, do you think it does land? I think he's a upgrade over what they have. And I'd probably rather just see them play Garrison Matthews and have him throw his body all over the place on defense while chucking up threes. So, uh, so yeah, James Johnson, like I said, reached out to the Pacers. Monster Connell Anderson, I think in golden state would probably make uh, some semblance of sense. If, if he actually gets bought out, I actually think though, like I said, that Utah could find, minutes for him it would be fun to test out in a lot of different lineups and they're not a team that needs him to be uh high volume on offense and like that's sort of the key is you need him to be able to basically do nothing on offense like he can make he'll hit the occasional three but he's not going to take them in high volume and he'll make he'll keep the ball moving so he's not going to like be a ball stopper 
Uh, Memphis could be sort of interesting for him. Toronto would be, that'd be right up their alley. Would Indy play him? I love Juan Toscano Anderson in, in Indy. That might be a good one. Or Sacramento, JTA in Sacramento. There are a lot of teams that I would like to see JTA on. It's the closest thing to like a wing type player here. Frank Kaminsky, he's just going to end up signing with Phoenix. Like that's the rite of passage here. That's how this works, right? So that's really it on the names like Alex Lynn in Sacramento. I don't know which team is going to want to take a, a a real look at him. Maybe just Portland again if they're desperate for a backup big. Uh, Ryan Archie Diacono, if he gets bored out from Portland, I don't see there being like a huge market for him. Uh, so yeah, Shima Luke, maybe people will see, oh, he's 6'7". Like let's see who, you know, can... Can we give him his reputation uh, of a, as being a shooter a shot just because of his size? Yeah, I guess I guess maybe you could consider that. I think a lot of people to sort of wrap up this exercise are probably going to wonder. I think two of the names that are going to generate the most oh would they hit the buyout market is Alec Burks because he has that team option for next year. I don't think like the the Pistons could have gotten real stuff for him at the deadline. And by real stuff, I mean, at least a probably not shitty second rounder. So I don't know why you would all of a sudden just buy him out. Maybe he could agitate for it, but he's been so good for them. He's so important. Uh, their offensive shot making and creation at this point with no Cade Cunningham there. And then Jay Nivey being a rookie and Killian Hayes sort of, you know, falling off his, his peak from before. So I would be floored if he got bought out the one that I did think about that's sort of like, I don't know why they would, but could they just like, if they're really leaning into the tank and he asked for it is Kelly Olenek. Uh, he has 3 million guaranteed next season. So you could figure that out. Um, normally when there's like a ton of guaranteed money, you're not going to see these buyouts. There would probably be like a big market for him. Like Miami, I think golden state would be in on that. Um, I'm sure maybe, Boston wouldn't be kicking itself for trading Mike Muscala, but like teams that had already signed backup bigs might have been like, or traded for them been like, Oh shit. If he was going to hit the buyout market, um, I think the competition though would be fairly fierce for him. Like even Dallas might be like, Oh, is he an upgrade over our rim protection at this point? So I just, I can't, I, I haven't seen anything about it. It's just when looking at the structure of his contract, I think the jazz at this point probably view it as, well, his him at what is he 12.8, uh, 12.2 next season, and three million of that is guaranteed. They would most likely view that as a, a workable number that they could trade. Um, and there's more value there in either keeping him or using that number to anchor some more, uh, more trades down the line. With that being said, though, I just feel like you know, Golden State being in on Miami, those would be the teams if he asked for it. I'm saying, I mean, even New Orleans might just come out of left field. And decide, oh, like, do we really need? Well, they they have Garrett Temples. They have a ready-made roster spot if they want to do it. That's someone that they could certainly uh, look at with Phoenix. Even like they have Aiden and Biombo, so no. And they they clearly, if they they could have kept Sharich, uh, they would clearly want to go with like more of the wing type defenders in Baisley or Craig or or Kogi. Him in Portland as the backup center would be good. Even in Sacramento, you could play him and Sabonis together if you really wanted to. Maybe redundant with the way Trey Lyles has given them some pretty good minutes this year. Toronto doesn't really need him anymore. So I don't, I don't think he's going to get bought out, but that would be like the name where if he wanted to go to a different team and the jazz were really hell bent on just not playing well the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, so those are really the buyout candidates. I don't think I missed anyone who could like really uh, come out of left field and, and shock us. It feels like some of these rotations in the league are, are overcrowded. And so maybe we miss one here and there. Some people have mentioned Rashawn Holmes. I don't really think that that's feasible just with two years left on his contract. I don't really see how you, how you get to that point. So 
um, let me know if you have any buyout county suggestions or destinations that you like for uh, anyone that was mentioned that I did not cover. Uh, this was a nice little short exercise just to kind of lay the landscape of who could help the league after this. I think someone who's like the most impactful, uh, we probably already, I think Danny green would be my pick, even though he's still working his way back. Uh, he's played since, but he's still just like, you know, ramping up after that ACL injury. But I, I I'll say this most exciting thing he's going to get bought. I think Sharich would be like the home run buyout acquisition of anyone that we just mentioned on this list with a special, Shout out to Ubre. Just don't think that he's going to get bought out. And then under the radar would be uh, Dragic, of course, but also Juan Toscano Anderson. I'm still just, I'm still a believer in JTA. Uh, if you've made it to the end of the video, please remember to subscribe on wherever you consume your podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all three, uh, if you can swing it. Until next time, and as always, I'll give the shout out to one, the only, the man who had a clutch three-pointer just an hour before I recorded this podcast, the legend, the only, the indelible Frank Mila Cena.